Down to Business on News Talk. Sponsored by Bank of Ireland. Here to support your business as it keeps building for years to come with dedicated business teams. Now it's time for this. News Talk's Executive Chair. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland. Driving business success through innovative training and upskilling. I'm delighted to welcome to the Executive Chair this week, Sarah Jane O'Dwyer. She's the Chief Executive Officer at Halo Care. Sarah Jane, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you, Bobby. I'm delighted to be here. Now, nice to see you. You grew up in Terenure. I think you were a Mount Anvil girl. Did you always know that you wanted to be a nurse? Because uh, I think that was the career that you ultimately chose. Yes, um, at a very young age I knew I wanted to be a nurse and be in the caring profession um, and I was very fortunate. I got accepted and went to the UK and I did the Project 2000 course um, and I loved every minute of it and I was in nursing for about seven or eight years before I, I stepped out and as right. I say I went to the dark side. <laughs> Which was the management end of it yeah. and we'll come back to that in a second. Can I ask you about the, as obviously you were tra- trained then in the NHS, mm. you know as a professional medical person, the difference between what the NHS is and what we have, what broadly is it in your view, if you're asked to compare the two health systems? Um, well, I suppose there's um, they have a bigger budget. They have a, yeah. a different structure to us. Um, when I was nursing, um, I was in the emergency department in the A&E, for instance, in James's. And at the time, it was um, everything, majors and minors, all came in through one door. And then we developed these medical assessment units where we could triage patients. And then obviously nurses, you know, got a degree and then became more professional and um, were able to set up different structures here in the HSE to support patients. Um, it is. It's not very different. It's not vastly different from yeah. Ireland. You know, no, no healthcare um, structure is infallible. We all have. Um, it's all it's fractured in some some shape, way, or form. People talk about the various, you know, healthcare systems. Oh, if only we had what Finland have or what Germany has. Or, but is there any healthcare system that's perfect? I'd suggest there's not. No, there's none. I mean, I've worked in the Middle East. I've worked in Europe, um, and and in the NHS, doing consultancy work on transformational projects. And literally, n- there isn't any that is that is perfect. There's parts that would work. New Zealand, Australia have great um, structures in place, but you know, none of them are perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And again, as I say, they probably all, they're all dealing with the same problem effectively and some of them choose to deal with it in, in different ways. But ultimately, it's about making people better. And and I suppose the preventative side, which I know uh, Halo cares about, and we'll come to that in a second. But, you know, after graduating then in Middlesex University, Whittington Hospital, tell us a little bit about your work overseas. Um, I suppose after I left nursing, I, I moved into business development, sales and marketing. Um, I worked for Baxter Healthcare. And more recently, I've been in the Middle East on and off for the last 10 years, managing large scale transformational projects, uh, working for the likes of the Royal College of Surgeons. Then I was back here in Ireland working for Ernest & Young. Um, I travelled with my two sons there. Michael and Luke are 10 and 11 and I, I liken them to handbags. <laughs> they, right. they go and, and pre-COVID you had to be on site for all of these types of projects. Okay, so when you talk about a transformational project, what exactly would you be doing? Or give us an example of, of one where, you're, where, you're, where, where your work was involved. Well, well, it depends. Some of them were at country level and some of them were at um, hospital acute setting type okay. service. So historically, pre-COVID, um, all of our, the, the physical structure of a hospital, you can redesign how a patient flows through that system. 
um, and you know I would have worked in a lot of the critical care areas redesigning A&E theatres how where we position a patient as they come through okay. to to expedite them through the system now that we're kind of coming through COVID you know we have an opportunity now where instead of having that physical structure in the acute system and forcing all the patients through through that system we can now wrap services around their needs and provide care in the community that suits them. Okay and again we will come to Halo Care don't worry Um, because that is about care in the community but I wanted just before we do that tell me how COVID-19 and the dreadful pandemic that it was the horrible loss of life the destruction of economies how has that changed healthcare? I've I looked well, when COVID um, initially struck. I was in Dubai, and um, we went into a complete lockdown. In the private sector over there, they very quickly decided, you know, we need to start building remote clinics for patients, virtual wards, and they mobilised very, very quickly. The public sector were more of a laggard and and took them a little bit longer, um, but patients still had to be seen. They still had to be reviewed by their clinician. They still have to have their tests. And I suppose from from the that kind of a on the on the ground level, you could see it happen very, very quickly. Looking at the devastation, you know, anybody in healthcare will tell you the same. This is only the start of it. You know, yeah. COVID is not gone, um, unfortunately. And, you know, everybody's lives in some shape or form has been, you know, touched by this this dreadful pandemic. I I personally, we can see that 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 because of these, these new structures and new processes that have been put in place for the patients, that now a lot of these hospitals are maintaining these services. They're not going back to the old ways. They've had time to, you know, reimagine how we provide care to people. Yeah. And that's that's what you can see happening across the States, across the Middle East, um, in Asia, Japan. I mean, we have a massive shortage of clinicians and you cannot manufacture, you know, nurses overnight. And yeah. I remember when I came back, the year before last and, and everyone was it was outcry here that we didn't have enough ICU beds and we need to buy ICU beds. It takes years to train an ICU nurse up. It yeah. t- you know, it's not something that will happen in two or three years. It's a four-year degree and then you have to specialise after that. So, you know, we need to start looking at, well, you know, we don't have the, the resources. We, we're, we're looking at different areas where we can put in, the, redeploy these resources to get better use out of them. That's very interesting. And when it comes to Halo Care, am I right in my understanding of the business <clears throat> well, firstly, maybe you tell us about the business. I'll let you tell her. You'll, you'll describe it much better than me. You're based down in Carlo. You've 30-odd people in the business. You're expanding rapidly. Tell us a little bit about the business. Halo Care mm. was founded uh, 16 months ago um, by uh, David Walsh and Niall Kelly and Dr. Johnny Walker. The Leo All of f- whom I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Halo Care was founded 16 months ago by David Walsh and Niall Kelly and Dr. Johnny Walker. They saw that there was um, an area that was in dire need of support. And during the pandemic, you know, they were at the Carers Award ceremony and they watched and they listened to everything that was happening and all the, the loneliness, the isolation, that the, the lack of services and resources into older persons' care. And they formed um, Halo Care. They founded Halo Care. And am I right in saying that the idea behind Halo Care is effectively that the uh, the the medical support and services happen in the home rather than the hospital? Is that the basic premise that it's 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 getting you better away from the hospital, which has all sorts of advantages both for the patient and for the the cost to the system? 
Yeah, so what we do in HaloCare, so as older people age, um, the alternatives, the choices that they're left with, if they start to have a cognitive decline or if they need a little bit of extra support at home, the only option to them is a nursing home at the moment. We kind of go from, you know, you're fit and well into straight into a nursing home. And some people are not, not yeah. fit for a nursing home. They could live independently at home, but they just require a little bit of support. So we put in those supports. So we have technology and services that support them to live independently and longer in their home. They have a circle of care, which is usually their, their sons or daughters daughters or their family members or close friends that sit on, on our on our circle of care family friendly app. And if there was an incident, like for instance, we, we had a, a client there literally just about a month ago and she had fallen in her house and she had bumped her head. We knew within three seconds when the alarm went off and our we have a state of the art care hub in Carlo that is manned 24-7 with clinicians. And the alarm came in and we were able to alert the circle of care, which was her daughter, to be able to go up to the house immediately. Because she fell, she couldn't activate the pendant. She didn't have a pendant on her. We have contactless devices. They're discreet, tiny, invisible devices in the house that you don't see. So when you walk into the home, you don't even know that this person is Halo yeah. Care. So you're maintaining dignity and respect um, for that person living on their own. Um, and they're not seen as frail because just as, as we get older, none of us want to uh, to be yeah. seen as getting old. I really think this is a wonderful business. And, and as you say, that because my own mother is in this situation where... You know, she just needs a bit of support mm. and the thing there about knowing that if she presses a button, that infinite support is there from whatever quarter that she needs. And it also gives older people the confidence to live at home, which I think is fantastic knowing that they have that support. No, it is. It's incredible. And then what's unique about our, our technology is that it's contactless. Right. So, you know, I, I we have we actually have a, a security badge in, in Halo Care for me to get in and out of the office to wear around my neck, which I don't even like wearing. I wrap it around my wrist. Um, and, you know, the research that we have found in with older people is that they don't want to wear a device and have to press it. Yeah. They, they just want to get about their business, be in their home, walk around their home as and when they wish. And then, you know, if they do have an incident or they fall or anything, like that, the contactless um, devices pick up straight away and then we're notified in our care hub. So what's the future for this business, Sarah Jane? It sounds like you're in working in a very exciting area around technology, uh, you know, around healthcare. Uh, as it develops, what, how do you, what, what do you see happening in it in the next five years? Well, I suppose it goes back to what you were asking me earlier about my transformational projects that I've worked on before. <laughs> you know, historically, we were always, as I said, it was a physical structure. and We were forcing the patient to drive up two hours to a hospital, try and find a car parking space, then navigate the, the acute hospital setting where I've got to go to phlebotomy for my bloods then go off to get my x-ray, then go and see my consultant. Well, you know, why couldn't we reimagine the services that you can manage chronic diseases like diabetes, cardiac, respiratory in the community? Yeah. Why do the, the patient, why does the patient have to receive physical um, um, supports in the hospital only when they desperately need them? But there is a cohort of patients that can be managed very well and um, out in the community. Yeah. And, you know, there are other technology advancements out there, not just HaloCare, that are, you know, specific to a therapeutic area that we will support. And that is what's unique as, as HaloCare, you know, evolves into this whole hospital at home type model and um, remote patient monitoring. You know, we have we have an Aura platform, which is um, our integrated software that can integrate different uh, products into it. So our, you know, devices will come and go and devices are not the core of what we do. It's the services. Yeah. So we provide comfort calls as well. We have um, nurses, we have an MDT team, which is a multidisciplinary team, you know, we can support the person if it's just the older person or if it is even an acute patient coming out being early discharged out of the hospital with their physio, their OT, speech and language therapist, dietetic review. So providing that holistic view of the patient 
but from the comfort of their own home. Okay. Uh, it sounds like a really, really fantastic business. And again, you're going gangbusters. I think there's a very bright future ahead for Ahalacare. Finally, uh, we we'll always like to ask something a little bit different about the candidate in the executive chair. You were a Billy Barry singer and you sang solo in the National Concert Hall. I, I've been wanting to ask you about this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I was a, a Billy Barry girl years and years ago, and uh, yeah, I sang with the National Concert Hall and well the National done. Concert Hall. Yeah, and I had my voice trained here with Veronica Dunn as well. So um, yeah, I, I loved the music. And are you still do you still keep an interest in? in Entertainment and theatre. I do, yes, I do. Not so much in performance. No, I haven't in years. But um, yeah, I do love it. I love my favourite are the musicals. All right. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure to meet you and hear all about Halo Care. Sarah Jane O'Dwyer, thanks very much for joining us on the executive chair. Thank you very much for having me, Bobby. Now, I'm afraid that's all we got time for today, folks. A huge thanks to producer Eva Breen, our series producer John Fardy, and also to Simon Keane and Sinead Kyo. Next week, we'll be bringing you the show from Wicklow Sailing Club for the start of the Round Ireland Yacht Race. So as a yachty, I'm really excited about that. So stay tuned for Off the Ball. Enjoy your weekend and we'll talk to you from Wicklow next week. Down to Business on News Talk. Sponsored by Bank of Ireland. Here to support your business as it keeps building for years to come with dedicated business teams. 